Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Crystal, and you're listening to the Kick It Out cast, the official podcast of Kick It Out. Raj Athwa's seen a lot in his 25 years in football, from promotions and relegations through to administration and even liquidation. We spoke to him about everything from life as a South Asian in 1970s Britain to his unusual route into the industry, as well as the benefits diversity can bring to a football club. Hi mate, can we go to Burton Albion Football Club? Cheers. Hi. Cheers. <laughs> the man of the moment. The man of the moment. Oh, it's brilliant to see you as well. Lovely to meet you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Steve. Steve. Come on up. Thank Cheers. you so Hi, I'm Raj Athwell and I'm the longest serving British Asian in football. I'm currently working at Burton Albion Football Club with the chairman and, and, and the commercial director and previously I've, I've worked at Glasgow Rangers, Watford, Coventry, Accrington Stanley and Port Bell. Burton, Burton Football Club for me is, represents modern Britain. It's probably um, proportionately probably the most diverse club that, that, I've, uh, that I've witnessed. Burton as a football club for its size if you think about the, the average attendances, it's always been on the ascendancy. Um, fantastic what Nigel's done on the pitch, but also off the pitch, the way the chairman's handled it for a club of this size. Mm. To be in the championship, to make profits, not to be in any debt, yeah. is unheard of yes. for a size of our club to be in the championship for two seasons at the time. Yeah. And for me, it's the way his approach is. Now, I've, I've served under, I was just saying to the chairman, I've served under 12 chairmans, and he's probably the most precocious, uh, inspiring and different type of chairman. When I say different, his whole business acumen is is goes back to uh, uh, unconventional ways of thinking. Now, to some people, for me, unconventional is is diversity of thought. Mm. It's it's having another perspective, yeah. and and so the proof is is at this club. On the pitch, Burton are managed by Nigel Clough, whose dad, Brian Clough, is a football legend 
and a man whose influence was never too far away. But when Nigel took over, Brian Clough would come to see his son in the stands. And the number of times he'd be giving instructions to the players in the stands. And the players would be looking at Nigel and Nigel would be saying, just, just go with it. <laughs> this <laughs> really? is a true story. Yeah. yeah. And it, you would as well, yeah, wouldn't so you? You're meant to be there. And, and the players yeah. are looking at Nigel and going, what, what do we do? Yeah. Who's the manager? And Nigel just goes, just do it. Yeah. It's and me dad. You would have to, wouldn't you? <laughs> you, you really would if, if so Brian Clough was your dad. I'm from the northwest of part of Coventry, and uh, and it was quite an enjoyable time growing up. Um, and it was only probably when I was in my late sort of uh, infant school, early junior school, that uh, I started to uh, recognise that colour uh, almost was not an issue, but uh, there was a there was a difference. And uh, being called, you know, playing football sometimes the odd word of sambo, packy. Uh, was there, but again, it's it's only when you when you go to secondary school that you start realising that such words and uh, and racism was almost normal, um, and it wasn't. It probably didn't have the impact it has today because we don't expect it. We've moved on as society, but during those days and those times, you, you'd hear it on a regular basis. Uh, I'm not saying it was it was to me or always. You, you'd hear the words. Uh, but it was. Uh, but for me, you just you just got on with life, and and generally, I had a very very good upbringing uh, and a very happy childhood. So generally, my friends were 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 mixed, as I said, but we had a great time. But yes, you you knew in the background that racism was was always there. My my parents originally from India, uh, the Punjab region of India, and so we're Sikhs. And uh, my older brother played a lot of football. Um, he was even uh, had trials with uh, with Coventry Sporting at the time, which was a, a, a sort of a semi-professional football club. But at the time, he decided uh, uh, he was actually taken on, but he decided against it, and he wanted to continue playing sort of uh, Sunday league and Saturday league football. So he introduced me to football, um, and and naturally, coming from Coventry, I was going to support the, the local club. <laughs> yeah. And we were in the Premiership at the time, or, or the Division One, as it, as it yeah. was known. And uh, and I was a huge football fan, and, and yeah. certainly a lot of influence came from my brother. I'm talking back to the uh, to the late seventies, throughout the eighties. I, I, parents at the time, that that generation of parents, all they wanted was their children to be educated, to uh, to to better themselves, and 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 to to improve their own lifestyles. Um, but now. Parents are tuned to the professional career in football. They're, they're, they're a second, third generation of parents. They've, they've, they've played the game themselves. They fully understand the rewards. And, uh, and, and also sports is now seen as a, as a positive thing, not, not just, you, you can play sports alongside being educated. Um, and I, so, so if you look at academy level, there are a lot of kids from the, from the, from the Bain background, especially the Asian background as well, um, that are encouraged to play. Um, and, and, I think it's only a matter of time before we see a lot more more kids in, in, in playing the game. Mine was an unconventional way, actually. When I um when I graduated, in all honesty, first of all, the Asian culture is such that during that time, my parents or certainly my father didn't want me playing football. For him, the only way out of uh, not poverty poverty is the wrong word to use, but to 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 better yourself than what he was doing. He was a labourer. My mother was a machinist, and they any parent would want their ch children to do better than them. And in their in their minds, it was uh, it was education, mm. and that was mm. it. So uh, whatever whatever professional career I decided to embark on, uh, football wasn't uh, wasn't in their minds, and certainly that's why I think my older brother stopped playing football. Um, 
a high level and certainly for myself it was almost at school level that's fine so going back to your question of uh, of influences I wasn't even sure what was available in football I didn't even know you could have a career in football mm -hmm. other than playing professional so uh, when I graduated um, I actually applied to to several uh, firms that were various various industries football didn't even cross my mind but it was only out of desperation, I guess, when I was kept getting rejected, that um, I heard the chairman, our chairman at the time, was Brian Richardson at Coventry on radio. And one of the things I felt that I was being let down on was that, firstly, I wasn't even getting interviewed and never mind getting a response, was probably because I wondered if I was very good at expressing myself. So uh, my, my younger brother actually put a letter together and, uh, and we wrote to, um, to Brian Richardson just for some advice. That's all it was. And lo and behold, two weeks later, I got a I got a letter back from from the football club, from the chairman, wow. saying that we'd like to see you. Yeah. Um, and that for me was was a huge huge breakthrough. It wasn't for a job. I hadn't asked for a job or, or an opportunity. It was just to see someone and to ask them of what do I need to do to better myself. Mm -hmm. And he gave me the opportunity. So that was in the 1994-95 season. So yeah. uh, I went to see him. And I still remember to this day, it was a huge oak panelled table as you expect a chairman to have and, uh, and the atmosphere and the ambience was such. And you're almost sitting there thinking, what am I doing in front of a chairman of a, of a top professional football club and he's, come to, you know, and, he's, and he's happy to see me. And I remember to this day, I put my, uh, my rejection letters on his, uh, on his table and, uh, and he said, what are these? And I said, uh, they're rejections. And he said to me, they're not rejections. He said, they're responses, never forget that. Now as a young lad who's, uh, who's, who's doing everything he can to, to, to work, um, I never thought about those, those comments until later on in life mm. because at the time it meant nothing to me. And what he did say is, what can I do for you? And, yeah. I, and that's the point I said, I said uh, Mr. Chairman, I, I gave him my CV and said, no one is giving me a chance in life. All I wanna do is work. Uh, will you give me a chance in life? Um, and I'll do whatever you want me to. I can sell your facilities. I'm a huge Coventry City fan. And that's all I want. I just want to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, and at that point, he said to me, "Just just stay there." And he got the sales director in, and he said to the sales director, "Could you could you see this uh, this young lad?" And the same questions came firing back. What experience do you have? Uh, and it was always a case of I don't have the experience, and I was never going to lie to anybody. Uh, I've always been upfront and honest in all my life, yeah. uh, but I said, "Well, what chance have I got if someone doesn't give me a chance and uh, and an opportunity in life?" And so, the sales director, in all honesty, was going through the motions. Um, I saw the chairman, went back home, and then two weeks later, I got another. I got a letter actually from the from the sales director to come and see him. And uh, when I did, he all he said to me was, "We can't pay you a lot, but we have a sales role, tele sales role. Do you mm. want to take it?" Mm. And I said, "Absolutely." because for me it was a foot in the, in the yeah. door and it was years later when I was speaking to the chairman's daughter that she said that he came home that evening and said this young lad's come into my, into my office asking for a job and for someone who had the temerity to do that I'm going to give him that opportunity. It was, it was my opportunity, it was my chance and, I, and there was no way I was going to put a foot wrong and, and I, if I had to put work harder uh, uh, and network harder and, 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 and do things differently that's what I did. Uh, it was a chance that I was given so it was just as I said it before it was in my DNA to just keep working hard and, and if then opportunities came along 
um, I would approach the chairman or I'd approach the, uh, my, my, my line manager at the time to say to give me the opportunity and, and to be fair they did I mean at Coventry I, I started right at the bottom as a, as a junior telly sales and I ended up uh, leaving there as, as their deputy commercial director For me I've always been different at the clubs I've, I've worked at we've been in some, some very difficult positions but what I have discovered is that my, my way of thinking because of my background and, 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 and some of the challenges I've faced in life means that my whole process of thinking is, 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 is unconventional, which has actually, actually been of, of benefit and an mm. asset to the football clubs I've been at. Mm. Um, and it goes back to diversity of thought, a different perspective. And it's been researched, it's well known that, that clubs that, that do adopt diversity and inclusion on merit um, will flourish. Yeah flourish financially um, and in terms of uh, and in terms of the whole workforce. In Watford we had uh, we were staring uh, at two administrations um, we were we were about to go under and at the same time we, we had a you know we were almost full commercially we, we'd almost fulfilled all our obligations because again the methodologies that we'd introduced as a team not just me but as a team was different it was unheard of when I went to Watford they'd just come out of the premiership um, and they were struggling commercially Within two, three years, bear in mind, we almost had two administrations, we had several takeovers. Commercially, we were almost at our best because, again, we were thinking differently. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, the diversity of thought, a perspective. The methodologies were different uh, and not traditional. Burton, as a, as a town, it is quite a small town, but as a region, it's, it's quite large, and we do have a very diverse community here. Uh, and the chairman has been fantastic, and he's been reaching out to all communities. Uh, from youngsters to, to, to the older generation and um, and what we try and do is engage with everybody so we had uh, we had various uh, uh, groups uh, coming along uh, to celebrate Ramadan and uh, and again the chairman was involved mm -hmm. and whilst we hear it with with different football clubs and they may on their social media uh, uh, almost uh, sort of mention it and highlight it uh, clubs like Burton actually go over and above and actually get involved. How Raj, tell, um, me, tell me how. Well even with myself, I mean it, we, we go to the local to the, to the local temples, the mosques and different places of worship, uh, speaking to the actual community leaders uh, and that's unheard of and I did this same when I was at Glasgow Rangers um, because what you have is, and I had this conversation with a, with a football club very recently, that they're looking to globalise and I said to them you want to globalise but yet you look at your fan base and 99% and of it is, 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 you know, is white. And I said, there's nothing wrong with that. I said, but at the same time, you're trying to attract communities. And they're in a, they're in a, a, a city that is, a, is quite diverse. Mm. And I'm saying, what you need to look at, and I goes, it's something that, it, and this is not down to racism or unconscious bias. I just think it's just, it's not been thought of, that mm. if you've got foot soldiers, not owners, but I'm talking about foot soldiers that are actually out there in the community, in the commercial areas, in the community areas that are from various backgrounds, you're more likely to attract those communities because when those communities were from, came in, into the UK uh, uh, many years ago, they lived in, in, in certain areas, they congregated there, and the reason they did was for cultural and security reasons. Yes. And what you find is they, they still have that affinity. Mm -hmm. um, and football, unfortunately, still has those antisocial connotations uh, mm -hmm. attached to it, mm -hmm. which is why it's taken a long time for some clubs 
to, to bring those communities aboard. But the best way for me and the, and the most progressive way for me to, to move forward is to have people from those backgrounds working for the club. Yeah. Uh, but not but in senior positions as well. Yeah, not, not just at, at low level because that suddenly ticks a box. But again, I'll, I've made it very clear, it's got to be on merit, but you have to, you have to be reflective of the society and the community that you serve. In all honesty, I can I can genuinely say that in in the 25 years that I've been in, in football, and even when I first started commentary, I never felt um, any any issues. I've never experienced any overt racism in terms of directly to myself, um, though I've heard comments, but certainly not to myself. I've never made to feel awkward. However, I will say that later on in life, when you've gained your experience and you're moving forward, that at that point, past middle management, mm -hmm. that's where I feel that possibly it, it is a case of who you know. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a racism at all, and I don't want to utilise that and, and, and use that in the wrong way. But what I will say is that I don't feel it's a level playing field necessarily. Mm. Whilst I've had a, a, a positive experience, there was one incident when I spoke to a, a group commercial director, a governing body, and uh, they, were, they were about to sanction two very senior roles, director roles, and he actually said to me, I'd like you to apply for, for one of the two, as I, I feel you have the, uh, the, the knowledge, the ability and the qualifications. Um, when the time came, I did apply, um, I, I sent my CV to the, to the agency that was nominated, and for several weeks I wasn't, I wasn't contacted, and uh, I didn't give up. And call it curiosity. I, I I contacted the group commercial director to say, look, you know, I'm I'm not being uh, being contacted in any way. You know, is there any other approach that I need to do? Eventually, about a month or two later, the the agency did contact me. I had a piece of work I had to do where others had considerable amount of time. I had a week, but I did it, and I wanted to do it because I felt that if I gave up at this stage, then it's only me that's gonna that's gonna lose out. And uh, in the end, they were. The agency was giving me excuses of why they couldn't put me forward for an interview. Uh, it was based on figures, which, which for me, I, I sort of challenged them and said, is it on figures or is it on ability? And, and they couldn't really answer the question. In the end, they confirmed that the candidate had already been chosen and I was just literally going through the process. And this is a governing body that, this is several years ago, relatively uh, several years ago, but it was still, it just shows that the, the difficulties that, that not just me but the wider community can face. How typical is that of the industry? Right, the industry itself, it is about who you know. I've said that before. It is about strong recommendations, um, and it is. And for me, that's that's the way football industry is. And and I've been a beneficiary as much as a victim. So until that changes, then we will see similar people still getting the similar roles. Stereotyping wise, you hear comments, but I've never personally felt that I've been. Um, what kind of comments were they? I heard at one of the clubs I was at, uh, a director level, somebody made a comment that a certain city where there's predominantly more uh, sort of uh, people from a from a vain background, he said to get out of that city, you're going to need a passport. Uh, and when you hear those comments, you think. You know, you're a, you're, a, you're a director of a football club. Now, whilst it wasn't directed at me, and I have to be honest, he's always been fantastic to me, you think, 
unconsciously what what other what other sort of um, views have you got challenges wise there's there's challenges every day every single day um, and there's been a lot of, uh, of of difficult times in the game but but I've enjoyed every 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 second of it from the managers the the people I've worked for the the staff it's a brilliant industry to be in and I'd encourage any any child from any background to, 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 to think about this as a career. Thanks for your time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 